Welcome back to the Two Months Podcast presented by BioStill and powered by GoGoat Sports. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. Today, we have Phil Stockley with us. He's my co-host and uh, our special guest for our episode today is the TSN Hockey Insider and he's the co-host of the Ray and Dregs Podcast with Ray Ferraro. We have Darren Dreger. Dregs, how's it going? Yeah, it's going well. You know, we're uh, early into the first week of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, it. It kind of opened with a bang, right? With the overtime games uh, that we saw on Monday night. The scoring has been off the charts. It's power play after power play. There's been some feistiness in a few of the games and maybe a surprise or two along the way as well. But that's kind of what the first round is always about, especially the first couple of games of round one. Yes. Um, and I don't think that uh, it's been disappointing at all. The, the hockey has been entertaining. No, it has been. The power plays are up, scoring is up, kind of like we were talking about before uh, we jumped into the recording here. Um, but uh, I guess we'll start with the Calgary Flames and then we'll transition over the uh, to the uh, situation going on in uh, mm-hmm. the NHL playoffs. Um, where are things at right now with the Flames and Daryl Sutter? Uh, you know, it sounded like he was going to speak to the media a couple of days ago. Huh. As we record this Friday, he may re- he may do something later today. Who knows? But uh where, where are things at with him and, and him and Sutter going forward with the Calgary Flames in Europe? Well, this is going to sound uh, just like bureaucratic nonsense, you know, as I describe it this way. But uh, what there is, there's an internal review that's ongoing. Um, now, traditionally speaking, what happens at the end of the regular season, you know, you normally roll out your players, which Calgary Flames did. And that's followed by the general manager and the coach. Uh, the fly in the ointment is that Brad Trilliving decided that, ah, you know what, enough is enough. And he's decided to to go his separate ways and, and perhaps consider what sort of other opportunities might be available to him. So <clears throat> now you've got senior management and ownership going, all right, well, uh, the feedback that we received and, and what we know probably doesn't bode well for Daryl Sutter. Now, Daryl Sutter has term left on his contract as head coach of the Calgary Flames. So I think the internal review is whether, you know, they keep Daryl as head coach, consider him maybe in some other capacity, or they just cut bait and and Daryl's gone and new management hires a coach and you hit the reset button in Calgary. I think a decision on Daryl Sutter is is going to be made imminently here. Um, you know, I don't have a specific timeline when I say that. Yeah. Could it be today? Could it be tomorrow? I think that it has to be sooner rather than later because of everything that I've already said. You know, we can talk about you know potential general manager candidates internally. Craig Conroy is there. I feel like Craig Conroy should be the next general manager of the Calgary Flames just by virtue of. Uh, paid dues and how sharp a hockey guy he is. And he's learned from one of the best in Brad Trilving. But the Daryl decision has to be made more likely by ownership than anyone else before they can move forward with, you know, I would say a a, a meaningful consideration of the general manager, you know, because is is Don Maloney as the overseer now of hockey operations, um, interested in hiring both a general manager and a coach or is he going to promote internally and then allow Craig Conroy to make the decision on coaching that's normally what happens but in this case because Daryl has term left on his deal I think Murray Edwards and ownership of the Calgary Flames are going to have heavy influence on all of this yeah Phil yeah so you you brought up Craig Conroy's name as a potential uh, GM candidate um, are there any other names out there right now? Uh, like listening to Calgary Flames radio the other day, my, I saw Mike Fuda's name has come up. I also yeah. saw Sean Burke's name has also come up. Yeah. Um, what are you hearing on that front for uh, potential candidates? Well, both those guys feel are qualified, right? Like, you know, Sean Burke for me uh, has been a guy that's kind of waited in the wings, again, paid his dues, has been he involved in in different management groups around the national hockey league but he's never been able to crack that barrier to get into the general manager's chair 
Um, maybe why he his name would be speculated on is is the past history in Arizona with Don Maloney. Um, so that makes some sense. Uh, but beyond that, again, you're talking about a qualified candidate here. Likewise, the Mike Feudal. Mike Feudal was instrumental in some very good teams with the Los Angeles Kings. So he knows his way around the management circle as well as anyone in the business. I'm always a little skeptical, though, when names like this pop out, um, because normally what happens, unless there's a slam dunk candidate, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> allergies, getting the better me again. No worries. Um, unless there's a slam dunk candidate, we in the media like to throw out names. You know, well, this guy might be a good fit. Well, this guy might be a good fit. And, and normally that's just open speculation and probably isn't actually connected to what's going on. Um, but if Calgary decides to push away from what they have internally in Craig Conroy, then I think it would be wise to consider just about anything and anyone. And when you do that, I mean, you open the possibility of, you know, double-digit candidates. I mean, there are lots of qualified people around the game of hockey who haven't been an NHL general manager, um, but are are ready and not just ex players, you know. You know, I Jason Carmanos comes to mind with the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, this guy has three Stanley Cups. You know, he's more than ready to be an NHL general manager. So if it's not Conroy in Calgary, then they'd be wise to do an exhaustive search and go through the process as efficiently, but as exhaustively as they can to make sure they get the right candidate. And uh, what do you think happens with Brad Tree living here going forward? Do you think it's a, a situation that he gets to pick where he wants to go next? Or do you think maybe he takes a year and just kind of relaxes, enjoys life a bit, maybe enjoys, yeah. uh, you know, being being a father for his daughters and all that? Yeah. I mean, it could be a little of both, Josh, to be fair. I, one thing I know about Brad Tree living is he is very respectful of what the position is to be a general manager in the National Hockey League. There are only 32 of them. I mean, it is a coveted, coveted job. Um, he knows how heavy the workload is because no one worked harder than Brad Trilliving in the office of GM in the NHL. Uh, I mean, everybody, including his, his colleagues as general managers, used to joke that Tree is in everything. You know, if there's trade speculation, you can be sure that the Calgary Flames are involved because Brad never wants to miss out. He doesn't often pull the trigger, although he did that in a big way, obviously, last offseason. Um, but highly regarded executive, he really truly is. So you got to take the lay of the land here. And, you know, we know that the Pittsburgh Penguins are looking for a general manager. Um, I look at the Philadelphia Flyers. I don't think they're looking for a GM. They've got that in Danny Breer, but they haven't officially anointed Breer as the long-term GM. He's the interim GM, but still, in Philadelphia, they're looking at a president and a head of hockey operations. Could that be something that Brad Treliving would consider? Um, he's got a lot of friends in the business. He's earned a reputation of being an excellent GM. He's battle-worn, battle-tested, and that matters, too. Every GM in the NHL has warts, uh, but when you go through the levels of adversity that Trilliving has experienced and you come out the other side, well, that's experience that is going to make you better the next time you face a situation that is, is deemed to be adverse. So um, I think it would be healthy for him to maybe not jump back into a GM office in the foreseeable future. And by that, I'm talking weeks and months. I'm not talking about a, a full season. But let's see, you know, what happens here. Disappointment breeds snap decisions yeah. in the NHL and in pro sport. We're early into round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. If a team gets punted, um, you know, and, and there's a decision that needs to be made in management. And I guess we could look at the Toronto Maple Leafs when I say this and I say it out loud. Why wouldn't you consider Brad Trillin if Kyle Dubas decides that he wants to consider something else? Or the Maple Leafs decide that, yeah, you know what, the Dubas you know, era hasn't worked. We want to do something different. Brad Trilliving is going to have options in the near future. Yeah, I agree. He is uh, not only an amazing person, I think he's an amazing general manager, and uh, and you've dealt with him a lot over, yeah. over yeah. nine years with the Flames and even his time in, uh, in with the Coyotes organization. 
The Two Muds Podcast is presented by BioStill. Use promo code Two Muds Pod Twenty Five. That's Two Muds Pod Twenty Five, all capitals, to get twenty five percent off your order at checkout when you go to BioStill.ca. Also, the Two Muds Podcast is presented by SeatGeek. Use promo code Two Muds Pod, all capitals. That's Two Muds Pod to get twenty dollars off your purchase at checkout. Uh, we'll move over to the NHL playoffs. Um, you know, thoughts on the Leafs' big win last night? Uh, kind of a weird series in a way where both teams uh, that have won uh, game one and then game two where it's been a yeah. blowout. But uh, uh, I guess your thoughts on the series and then kind of the comments Cooper made last night at, after after the game about, you know, the, the, the three centers for the Leafs versus the three centers for the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's hard to argue the three that he has on his side. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, especially given their resumes, right, yes. and what they've won in Tampa Bay, so you know they they get the benefit of the doubt in that regard, and I, I think that that is just squashing the narrative that now Toronto has some mojo, and when you look at the middle of the ice, the way Sheldon Keefe went into Game Two, I believe that's the strongest version of the Toronto Maple Leafs when you've got Matthews, Tavares, and Ryan O'Reilly as your one, two, and your three. Um, now it, it 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 required a suspension to Michael Bunting to encourage you know the Leafs coach to to try this out. You know he brings Matthew Nice on the sidelines, who's fresh out of college hockey, into the mix. There's obvious chemistry between O'Reilly and Matthew Nice. Um, you know John Tavares clearly feels more engaged and open to play comfortably at center because he had a huge night in scoring the hat trick. <clears throat> Mitch Marner was terrific. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, you know, equaled a, a Toronto Maple Leaf defensive record by, you know, scoring four primary assists. All that's great. You know, all of it. Ilya Samsonov had a bounce back game. I think many expected that he would do that. But here's the most significant takeaway for me. If Toronto hadn't take advantage of the absence of Victor Hedman and Eric Chernak, they would have lived to regret that because then obviously the series shifts heavily in favor of the Lightning going back to, to Florida. And, you know, the old kind of ghosts that haunt the Toronto Maple Leafs are now front and center, especially in this market where, you know, the market seems to feed off negative more than positive. Although that building last night, Scotiabank, was absolutely booming and rocking and was a big part of the success. So I wasn't surprised by the pushback. I would say overall through two games, guys, what surprises me most is the fact that we've seen 19 goals. Yeah. 10 goals in game one, nine goals in game two. Um, the offense, the talent level of both clubs, yeah, you knew that there were there were going to be goals scored. And if power plays were created, then special teams were going to play a role. I did not see almost 20 goals through two games of play. So it makes you wonder what's going to come in uh, the rest of the series here. Yeah, for, uh, for sure. Um, so with Cernak out, um, in our guess is that could be concussion protocol, and that's probably, what, seven days drags? And then yeah. um, do you know anything or or hear anything on the headman front i know it's playoffs we don't you guys don't get a lot of information as in the media we don't get a lot it's always day-to-day -day, game time decision but yeah. um, the importance of having them two back in the lineup going forward to to prolong this series to yeah a seven game series well it has to be day by day because you're right we you know we just we're, we're not given the information and i respect why we're not given the information why would you want to you know, give your opposition any sort of, of indication as to whether your lineup is getting stronger or it's status quo or it's getting weaker. Now, you know, former players that I deal with on a day-by-day -day basis say, hey, it doesn't matter. You know, we, we'd go into playoff games knowing that guys were hurt or wondering, and we're not going to play differently. I, 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 I respect that because that's their experience. I just think that if you're Toronto, you have to have more swagger going into game two, you know, knowing that Victor Hedman likely isn't going to play and knowing that Eric Chernak isn't going to play and knowing that, uh, you know, you've you've got Zach Bogosian coming out of the sidelines, um, you know, go down the list here. And Darren Radish is going to have to play a more prominent role. And Ian Cole is going to have to eat up more minutes. Yeah, you know, I, I, I hate to speculate on, on Hedman. 
I think you're right. I think it's pretty obvious that Eric Chernak suffered uh, a head injury. So how long he's out will be symptomatic and, and how he's dealing with his issues. I've heard lower body and I've heard mm, lower to upper body with Victor Hedman, which implies maybe something like a groin injury, maybe something back, back spasm related. But again, that's just pure speculation, and no one has verified or confirmed that. I mean, we all saw him skate off near the end. Uh, well, he 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 basically left at the end of the first period, yeah. and then saw him come out early in the second, and then left. But he didn't leave under duress. I mean, he didn't see him limping. You know, he didn't seem like he was seizing. And and we poured through the video. We went through every shift at TSN. And the only physical contact he had was in the first. And really, it was a bump in the corner with John Tavares of the Maple Leafs. And, and that was it. So if 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 something jarred there, then both of those scenarios do make some sense, right? Like a back spasm or a groin. But um, if he's not available for game three, then advantage does continue to, to stay on the side of the Maple Leafs. Yeah. Uh, we'll move over to the Jets versus the Golden Knights series here. Uh, two general managers that you know very well and, and mm. organizations that mm. you, uh, you've dealt with a, a lot here. Um, and, you know, getting Stone back is such a huge add in the big game that he had last night. But not only he had, Rasual had a bounce back game. It was yeah. not pretty at the start of the game, but uh, the, the Knights got going. Um, how do you see this series shaping up now? Obviously, both teams kind of, in a way, have probably played their best games now. Yeah, um, it shifts back to Winnipeg. They're getting a lot of snow, um, but uh, <laughs> in the in the <laughs> top of the whiteout, that's going to be there. But uh, how important is uh, is having Stone back in the lineup in, in that in this series for the Knights? Well, don't take my word for it. Uh, Kelly McCrim and I had a conversation at uh, recent GM meetings in in Florida, and we talked about Stone. And at that point. He had no idea whether Mark Stone was going to be available for game one or not. <clears throat> he really, truly didn't because, you know, that meeting was in March and Stone was coming off that surgery and was just really fresh into the rehabilitation. <clears throat> and, you know, they had to let him heal first and and then start to strengthen and, and start to get things moving in and then just see how he'd respond to all of that. Well, Obviously, he got healthy in a hurry, but McCrimmon in that conversation in Florida said, you know what, um, with all due respect to all of our other veteran leaders, and, and there's a number of high character, high quality individuals playing for the Vegas Golden Knights, Mark Stone is our heart and soul. And, you know, you can see that. You could see that in, in game two last night. And it's not always because of the goals that you score, the points that you produce. It's just how you find ways to, to lift the team. You know, we all watched game one and Winnipeg for stretches of that, that game, large parts of it, in fact, dominated the Vegas Golden Knights. That was not a team that I thought was, was going to start the playoffs. So, you know, it's good that they bounced back in the fashion that they did because now, you know, we're questioning how Winnipeg is going to respond. Yeah. And we weren't doing that in, in game one. You know, based on on the elements of how the Winnipeg Jets won game one, I mean, everyone contributed there. You know, you had Kyle Connor, you had Dubois, you had Blake Wheeler scoring a big goal, you had Adam Lowry doing what he does, you had Connor Hellebuck doing what he does, and on and on it goes. So I I, I think this is going to be a great series. I think it's a pick em series. Yep. Um, but no different than the first game. Now you look at game three because it's a best of five, and it feels like that's going to be a pivotal game in Winnipeg. Yeah. Phil, I uh, will move over to you here to, uh, to ask Dregs about the uh, Oilers series and the, the Bruins versus uh, Panthers series. Yeah, we'll start with the Bruins, uh, Bruins and Panthers for sure. Yeah. Uh, I was just, I was just wondering, so Patrice Bergeron, um, a lot of questions around him. Do you, are you hearing anything on him? Is he going to come back in this series? Is it, it like, is it an illness? Is it an injury? Do you no, know it's anything? injury, Phil. It is. Uh, and they finally, in, in, in Boston made that official. Uh, I think he was dealing with a combination of things. I don't think that they were hiding anything. You know, they said, oh, okay, he's banged up, but he's also sick. And, and by saying he's got an illness, well, then you could conjure because they had a flu bug that went through that Boston dressing room. You could conjure up the idea of, okay, well, he's not feeling well. And if he's banged up, why wouldn't you sit him? Because he can't play with two situations. 
but he threw the illness and wasn't available in game two, so they acknowledged that he's hurt. If he doesn't play game three, given what we saw and how Florida took over the third period against the Boston Bruins, then you know he's not just hurt, he's injured. And there's a difference there, right? Players play through through being hurt all the time. They play with aches, they play with pains, they play with muscle strains, all of that stuff. If he's legit injured, uh, then that's a problem, clearly, for Boston because he does so many things so well, starting with the face-offs and, and puck possession, which is a key element to any team's success, but certainly a key factor for the Boston Bruins. I feel like they're deep enough still that they'll find a way to prevail and get by the Florida Panthers, but Florida's going to have something to say about that. If Patrice Bergeron isn't available in Game 3, then you know it's something that is more substantial and more serious. And and do the do the Boston Bruins uh, make a goalie change? Uh, like like you said after last yeah. game, uh, Omar kind of got lit up there. So is is it uh, time for Swayman to maybe make his uh, appearance in this playoffs? It, it would be for me, and that's not an indictment on on Linus Allmark at all. I mean, <laughs> history tells us that to hoist that Stanley Cup. You've got to have an efficient, an effective tandem um, in the playoffs. Well, how do you keep Swayman as sharp as he needs to be and is probably going to have to be moving forward in the playoffs unless he gets some time? And this, again, isn't an indictment on Linus Allmark. Um, you know, the, the Bruins didn't play well enough in the second half of that hockey game, and he's included in that. So give him a bit of a reset. Give him an opportunity to rest. Keep that crease competitive and see what you get out of Swayman. The decision for me would be more difficult if Boston wins that game handily. Swayman plays incredibly well. Now what do you do going into the next game? And it feels like you'd you'd go back to Linus Allmark because Allmark has been so good and he's a top Vesna candidate. So there's no sense you know, creating what you have in balance into controversy by belaboring this. But they've got a fantastic one-two punch. It would make sense to me to put Swayman in. And then one last thing on this series. Uh, I, I I said it in our group chat for the two months last night. Uh, I just feel like, you know, you insert a guy like Sam Bennett on the Florida Panthers. Uh, like, I remember him in Calgary. Like, you get regular season Sam Bennett. And then you get playoff Sam Bennett. And I just feel like uh, this kid is just kind of built for yeah. playoffs. So adding him into that Florida Panthers lineup, like what does that do for that team? Oh, it's a huge lift, man. Um, I don't know if the if the light just went on for Bennett when, when he landed in Florida. Maybe to say, look, I'm a better player than I was able to show for long stretches in Calgary. So now here's my opportunity. But he seems like such a good fit. And I love Sam Bennett's game. I do, because he's got elements of a little bit of everything there, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, you know, he can generate the offense. Yeah. He's sound defensively, but he's also got some snarl. And he's got some bite in his game. And you can't have enough of that. You you just cannot, because he creates space for other players out there. But, you know, Boston isn't afraid to play that style of hockey either. So the more guys you have pulling on the rope, uh, the better you're going to be. I know that uh, Paul Maurice, we've talked about Sam Bennett. He loves the way this guy plays the game. And he's been around the NHL a long time. So you've got the experience factor that always matters in the playoffs as well. Hey, we can move over to Edmonton and LA now. Uh, so we're based out of Edmonton. And yeah. so we see this fan base and this fan base is uh, kind of all or nothing this season. Yeah. Uh, they're ready for the Stanley Cup to come home. Uh, I just think it's important. And, and maybe you can speak on this that, you know, the LA Kings only finished four points behind the Edmonton Oilers. And for most of the season, we're ahead of the Oilers in the in the standings. Uh, so do you think the Oilers are kind of too much for the Kings to handle, or do you see this being a little closer than people think? I, I think it's closer than people think. I do. Um, you know, Connor McDavid is going to have to find a way. He's going to have to find a way. I I think he's played well, um, but we're talking about the best player in the game on the planet here. And historically, he's always found a way to break through, and I believe that he will in this series. Uh, and the reason it's not a bigger story is obvious, and that's because Leon Dreisaitl has been an absolute beast 
through two games against the Los Angeles Kings. But you you do have to give L.A. credit. And it's pretty obvious that Connor McDavid is, is a focus for them defensively. And they've checked him well. But McDavid's not alone. And Dreisaitl's not going to be able to do it alone. So Ryan Nugent Hopkins had a wonderful season. He's going to have to find a way to introduce himself offensively into this series. Zach Hyman had a great year. Zach Hyman is capable of scoring big goals at key times. He's proven that. He's going to have to find a way. Uh, and down the list you go. Uh, Evander Kane, maybe the empty netter, is, is going to get him going. But he, too, is going to have to find a way to be a factor to be an impactful player. It's not always the goals. It can be a big hit. It can, you know, kind of stir things up. That's wheelhouse for Evander Kane. And I sound like I'm piling on the Oilers, and I don't mean to, and there's no reason to, given how things came together for them in game two. They feel like they've played two hockey, two good hockey games in this series, but they also know that the Los Angeles Kings are incredibly well coached. They've got tremendous leadership there. And if their goaltending stays in form in Corpus Allo, you know, that's going to be problematic as well. So Edmonton knows this series isn't going to be an easy one. They're going to have to earn four wins. I think it's going to be a fun one to watch the rest of them. Yeah, I agree. Is there any update that you have on Kevin Fiala drags with, uh, you know, him missing the first two games here? No, not really. And, and, you know, I don't think that you can underestimate the significance of of his absence, right? Because of, of what he can provide offensively. Um, you know, it's a, it's a best of five now, right? So, you know, do you feel like you didn't dress him through two, and you got through two with a split? Um, it's 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 okay. Everything's fine. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, and I don't have an update. So this is just my gut feeling on this is they they give him another game if he's that close and maybe he isn't maybe they already know that he's not going to be available in either game yeah. um we'll see in LA uh but you know you, you with with players coming off the significance of that injury you just want to give them as much time as possible so if Todd McClellan feels that the LA Kings have enough left in the tank and the medical people are saying he's just flat out not ready then he's not ready and he's not going to play but I don't know that he's not going to be available at some point in this series when you hire a contractor you want things to go smooth smooth as a driveway poured by Pete's concrete you want a solid guarantee solid as a basement floor by Pete's concrete You want Pete. Pete's Concrete. For sidewalks, patios, your leaky basement, Pete lays his reputation down with every job, and he offers you finishes and colors you won't find anywhere else. You want someone who proudly puts their name on the work they do. Pete puts his name in concrete. Pete's Concrete. Um, And uh, any other series that you're uh, most intrigued on, Dregs, we'll finish up on that. Uh, You know, I know we can touch on it all, but uh, I think maybe the Minnesota... Uh, yeah, all stars is probably the biggest one just because the the, yeah. the parties involved and the hit and the Pavelski and all that, but just uh, you know, two great teams too, and some right. of an intriguing storyline with the goaltending in Minnesota too. Yeah, look, I mean, there are two series in the West that I'm intrigued by, you know, other than the ones that we've already discussed, and and Minnesota Dallas going in, I think it was easy to kind of earmark that as a series that was going to be nasty, right? It was going to have the elements of old school hockey. And we saw that in a big way in, in game one with, you know, Matt Dumba uh, rolling over Joe Pavelski. I would argue that that hit was late. I mean, are we splitting hairs on it? You know, getting the stopwatch out. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we are Yeah, because it was, so, it was somewhat predatorial as well. Um, you know, and, but there were not to get into the role of department of player safety, but when you're looking at a play like that, you know, they deemed it to be a body check. You know, the stick comes up with Hartman. So he, you know, Pavelski takes a stick in the head and then hits his head on the ice and all of those things. Anyway, there was just just an undertone of bite in that game, which we expected, and that carried over into game two. I love the the comments from Marc-Andre Fleury after giving up seven, where he was disgusted with himself. Mm-hmm. And unfairly, I would say, because... Minnesota didn't play well in that game, you know, but he felt like he needed to pick up where Gustafson left them in game one with a real solid outing to open the the playoffs. 
and he wasn't able to do that. So I think this is going to be a real good series. Um, and then the other series in the West is the Seattle-Colorado series, man. Um, I did not give the Kraken enough credit. I just flat out did not. Uh, I did give them enough credit to say that I thought they'd win a game, maybe two games in this series, and they'd come out firing in game one yeah. and win that. And then jump out to the 2 nothing lead last night against the Avalanche. And then, you know, they they let the Avs off the mat and, and Colorado takes advantage. So I, I think there's been a pretty big wake-up call for the defending Stanley Cup champions at the hands of the Seattle Kraken. If Colorado's going to win that series, and I still think they will, they're going to have to flat out earn it because the, the Seattle Kraken are going down, kicking, clawing, and scratching. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, you got that right. Well, Dregs, uh, in, a, in a way, too, this is nice to kind of have you on with us here. This is kind of our first episode together with the whole Go Goat family here. And, uh, you know, you've been, as we said many times before with us, uh, you've been amazing to us here. It's a two months podcast. So it's a. Uh, Nice to have you on. It's nice to kind of our podcasts uh, on the same network there. Yeah, and yeah. Together and and I appreciate the the love that you gave me on your episode the other day with the question that you and Dre or you and Ray <laughs> had. So, um, all the best to you. Hey, did you get a free hat by the way? Did it, we, they uh... did. They did send me. Uh, they did send. Me, they asked <laughs> me for my address. I haven't gotten anything yet. So uh, okay, I did okay. get the DM from the from the social media department there. But, hey, Phil, uh, you got you got to come up with better questions, bud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> With with all due respect to the hat that I'm seeing you wear here today in the episode, man, uh, Ray and Dreg's hockey podcast cap from Botano.ca would be perfect for you. There you go, Phil. Oh, well, I'll send you my address too, then, Dreg's. <laughs> no, no, you got to ask a legit question <laughs> yeah, first. Yeah, you just don't get free things. You got to no, come up with nothing good, free on Ray and Dreg's. No, no, you got to come up with a good question. It has to be. Um, worthy of uh, worthy of yeah. something, Phil. So uh, Phil's still in his rookie laps here. So uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on, <laughs> uh, uh, drags all the best to you, man. And uh, we're looking forward to kind of seeing you here on the tube with uh, the TSN coverage too. And uh, keep up the great work with the podcast. And I uh, hope uh, you have some uh, some great time here doing some golfing as the weather gets better too. So yeah, well, we're recording this on uh, Friday morning, and I've got a two twenty tea time. I'm uh, I'm not going in studio. To tonight okay. back tomorrow for the leaf game okay. so we'll see second round of the year uh, i'm a little nervous about it but uh, looking forward to some fresh air and as always josh phil thanks for having me you're two of my favorites and we'll do it again soon for sure thanks drake thanks, this public service announcement is brought to you by our friends at cdn here's a crazy thought not all teamwear needs a team logo Stand out in the crowd and rep your team colors with one of CDN's hockey hats. Listen, these hats are phenomenal. We just got ours a little while ago, and we've been wearing them nonstop. You know when you find a hat you love and you just can't take it off? Yep, that's how we feel with our CDN hat. Every time we wear it out, we get asked, where did you get that hat? I know what you're thinking. How can I get one? Cue the details. Shop online 24-7 at www.wearecdn.ca and use the promo code 2MUTS for 15% off your order. Again, that's www.wearecdn.ca to get your new favorite hat and use the discount code 2MUTS at checkout for 15% off your order. Thanks to Darren Drager for joining us t- uh, this morning on the Two Months Podcast. Uh, that was uh, that was awesome it's a, as it as it always is when we have Drags on. So I uh, really appreciate him, uh, Phil. Anything that kind of stood out to you besides Drags kind of you know chirping you a bit there, but uh, anything stood out to you in that uh, in that interview? Maybe Flames playoff stuff. Probably more Flames stuff to you, I guess. Well, it's just you know. I guess this is my announcement. This is my last pod. Uh, <laughs> You're retiring, uh, you know, just, Dregs. <laughs> Dregs just totally demoralized me. Basically, told me I suck. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. Um, no, it was great. It was great having him on. Um, you know, it's just the more the more the days unfold with this Calgary Flames team, the bigger the bigger it seems like. It's just a mess over there. So. Uh, getting a little bit of insight on uh, on Calgary situation, 
it is always good and it's always nice to to get the inside information like right from the right from the sources and the guys you trust so really great having him on talking about that stuff and maybe maybe you can talk about uh what Dregs had to say about the playoffs yeah you know what and just to touch on the flames like you know even thinking this yesterday and seeing uh kelsey snow's uh post on instagram and you know, knowing the whole situation that we know with uh, the Snow family, um, you know, and then obviously we saw how emotional Brad was at when he was asked about him or at the trade deadline in the press conference. Uh, you know, it it um, it just hurts, you know, in a, in a way like you know to see Brad leave this organization after nine years because I think he's done an amazing job with this organization. Um, not only on the ice, off the ice, I can speak to what he's done for me off the ice. Um, you know, and he didn't, uh, you know, it's not like when he requires a player, that player, you know, the player obviously is there to, to make a impact on the ice and, you know, get the team in the playoffs and all that. And, you know, when they, you know, picked up, uh, the player that, you know, helped me out and, you know, the organization helped me out too. So I always will have, you know, allegiance and uh, support and, you know, defend Bradtree living, but uh, yeah, it just, it still hasn't sunk in. It still doesn't feel right that he has parted ways with this uh, organization. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think when it does that, that, that will be an, an emotional one. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Um <clears throat> going to start hearing things of some other people in the organization that might follow him wherever he goes. Um, and maybe he just takes a year off or maybe, you know, as Drake said that, uh, you know, and Doug McLean brought it up in past episodes with us too, right. That uh, maybe, uh, you know, he joins the Toronto Maple Leafs. All depends what Toronto does in the first round here, or, you know, maybe he goes to the to the Penguins or, or whatnot. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate how this is kind of all played out. Um, you know, because you know how great Brad is and, you know, my family has dealt with the Sutter family a little bit, uh, through the farming industry and, you know, and obviously we've had Brent Sutter on this podcast twice and, you know, he's always been amazing to us whenever, um, you know, we want to get him on or have a conversation or, whatever but uh yeah i just think in that aspect it's uh it's a bit it's a bit emotional um and it hasn't really hit home it's like that breakup that you don't know how it was and you know maybe it takes some time because obviously you know there's a lot of players that like him too um and then we'll see what happens with daryl like you know i i agree everything that tyler Tofoli has said publicly about daryl i i would say the same and, and you know it just sucks that it wasn't able to work between the both um in the working relationship it's good here that they have a, a good personal relationship but the working relationship was tough but um you know it and that's that sometimes this happens in this industry or happens in the walk of life of any other job that's out there but we'll see what happens going forward but you know, Daryl hasn't spoke to the media yet. And again, as we record this early uh, Friday morning, maybe it's uh, later Friday that he, he does, or maybe it's the weekend. Um, you know, it's um, maybe he's dissecting of all the exit meeting stuff that gets back to him and, and whatnot. But uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully this situation gets rectified soon, but uh, um but we'll see. There's obviously, uh, you know, you don't want to jump into a, you don't want to make a rash decision. And obviously it seems, um, you know, Conroy is in line to being the next general manager. And I agree. Everything and and well-deserved. I think it's well-deserved for Correct. Conroy. Correct. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, you said it and it's been on other places. Does, does Conroy bring his buddy Jerome McGinley? You know, does, does, Jerome show up in an assistant general manager's role. Does Jerome, you know, does Jerome, like, I don't know if Jerome shows up on the bench, but, you know, is Jerome back a part of this organization after, you know, this? Does Jerome want to? Yeah. And and so many questions, right? 100%. And because you'd normally bring your own guys and, and, you know, and I think another guy to be, you know, he's obviously under term. He's he's on an NHL bench right now, but Alex Tangay, you know, now he's an assistant coach in the NHL. So obviously, I, yeah, like you'll see what happens there in the near future. But uh, that's another guy that was close to this situation with Conroy before and and obviously Jerome. But because um, normally you do well, bring what kind of a lift before. would that give like the fan base? So too, right? Like to, yeah. to bring back a guy like Jerome. 
hundred percent. And we're not saying that that Jerome's name is even out there. But. No, no, but I do think it gives you some kind of uh, you know some kind of comfort in, in 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 some which way, and you know, and that's that's up to him to make that call. And you know, his kids are getting older, but does he still want to be around? And you know, obviously, they're you know his daughter's doing her thing, and. Uh, his other two boys are are doing their thing right now, and one's in the WHL. The other one's, you know, projected to be an, another re- amazing player in Joe. So uh, Tej is doing really well, and and so we'll see uh, see what happens there. If he still wants to, you know, if does he get the itch? Does is it something? Uh, and something that stood out to me too is like you know in a press conf in a interview that uh, Rod Brendamore had with Elliot Friedman on his podcast last week or so. You know, Rod was an assistant coach and was only at the home games for a while. So now maybe that's different because maybe he was able to do that then. You know, as Rod said, like it's either you're all in or you're all out. So, um, but you know, he's still able to kind of be around the kids and the family. But you know, Jerome set up in Kelowna and he's always had his home in Kelowna. Um, and I don't think uh, you know now he moved back after being in Boston for quite some time. But uh, yeah. We'll see. There's uh there'll be an interesting off season here in Calgary and it's still as day by day it still gets a little bit more interesting. We'll see what Daryl when Daryl speaks and what Daryl has to say when he speaks, or you know, if the or the, or if the organization has something else that they need to put out about that. But uh it does seem like all signs are pointing to him staying. You know, there's a lot of money left on that contract and it's only two years, but um maybe there's one more year they can try to run it back. But um yeah we'll wait and see there and then as for the playoffs yeah it was a big uh it was a big win uh last you're night feeling better that you're feeling better today buddy yeah yeah as a least fan, I, I, yes yes but yeah uh, i know you you talked about it on the food interview a bit that we did record after that uh game one and police game and you were just a little too uh emotional that night so we yeah. had to get rid of that interview so yeah, we didn't publish that so that was good no. to the delete uh, deleted file and maybe one day <laughs> it gets aired or not so um but uh but yeah no just uh, a little bit shocking as i said to you i just don't see you getting seven goals on vasilevsky it obviously happens so it's just that's the shocking thing in hockey is you know expect the unexpected because you just never know what's going to happen on any given night and and i think also dregs talked about a good thing too is you know let's not count the kings out you teed it up uh, perfectly. They only finished a few points behind them. They were ahead of them. Most oh, so I did ask a good question. Yeah. Yeah. He did. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I, you know, I don't count them out. And obviously, if they get Fiala back at any which way, then maybe that's it. And maybe the, the, the schedule shows because they got that big break between five and six with the, you know, when they go back to LA, that, you know, with the, the Lakers and the Clippers playing there's a possibility of, you know, maybe he plays later in the series if it extends to game six and game seven, and that gives him the extra rest that maybe he needs. Um, But we'll see. We'll see what happens today. It's very early this morning on Friday. There's a game tonight. We'll see if he's in the lineup, but it doesn't, we don't know what's happening. And all these are these situations in the playoffs are very day to day and very, uh, locked up. Really, the only time you know is when warm up starts. If that player's on the ice, uh, very rare that they're gonna disclose much information before the the puck drop. Um, but we'll see. And uh, you well, know, he- and 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 on that series, I just sometimes wonder too if the Kings are okay with the Oilers coming out guns a blazing, and they just you know weather the storm, maybe give up a couple of goals, but. Those those veterans on that team, they know they can come back because they've done it twice against the Oilers now. When the Oilers come out guns a blazing and score two quick goals, now what? So now what happens if the Kings score the first goal? Now what's the rebuttal back? Like what would happen for the Oilers? Obviously, we're seeing a trend. If you score the first goal of the game, you're often winning. I think uh, you know. I think the Oilers did score. Obviously, in their first game, they scored, but they lost. The Jets scored their first the first goal of the game, and they lost. So it, it's very rare that. You know, Seattle too last night, right? Yeah, Seattle too. So there has been a weird trend. Uh, it wasn't trending that way the first couple of days, but as we uh, get set for night five of the NHL playoffs, um, it has happened a few times where you have scored and you haven't won. But obviously, more often than not, in the history of hockey and the playoffs, if you score first, you're typically going to win the game. So 
But Edmonton's situation where they both scored first and they both let the Kings back in to tie it, that is a, that is an intriguing storyline. I don't think Stuart Skinner's played the best, but I also don't think the LA Kings have given them their be- given him their best either. And Todd McClellan right. talked about it yesterday is you know, they haven't played their game yet. Um, and they're one one, they're going home. They like their chances in their barn. The matchup probably will stay the same. Um, they've done a great job on McDavid and just being inside of his all five of those players being inside of his gear. But as we know, Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid, and he is often due for for uh quite the quite the outburst. And you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. Leon Dreisettle is is uh, number two in the history of the NHL for points per game in the playoffs, right behind Wayne Gretzky. Connor McDavid is five. So you know what? What Leon Drysaddle has been able to do is is remarkable. From the moment he stepped into the NHL to you know the playoffs, and you know during that first kind of cup run where they lost Anaheim, you know Drysaddle kind of did put the team on his back. McDavid had I think nine points in thirteen games, and you know Drysaddle had uh, had quite a few points uh, in those first two rounds, and you know. Um, as like we said, we talked with Stoff during his interview too. They obviously still blow blew a three goal lead, but there was the situation and uh, that you know Kessler was holding Talbot's pad and whatnot. But the fact you're up three nothing with three minutes left and you're giving it back, you know, and let them off the hook. Um, we'll see. We'll see uh, where things are at. They still think they're a bit inexperienced in that lineup. I still think they got to go through another you know wave here of of learning before. Cause I do think for me with Edmonton personally, and this is not because I'm, I'm a Leaf fan or whatever. I just think as a hockey fan, I don't think this is the year. I think next year is kind of the year. Cause I think you still need to learn and go through some growing pains and, and whatnot. And, but anything could happen. They could easily win. They could be destined, destined to win. You know, when you got a guy like Drysdale and what he's doing, how is it hard to count them out? But uh, in a way, I still feel mm-hmm. like some inexperience there. But the Kings have done well, a good. Look at talk. their goaltending, right? Yeah, and like Stuart yeah. Skinner got his first playoff win the other night. Yeah, and and like not taking anything away, Stu's had a great year. He's been awesome this year, and you know, could could he be like the could he could he win could he take this team to the cup absolutely any any goalie could right any goalie can get hot and win win a series yeah and the guy down at the but, other, and corpus has done it twice where he's stolen series and you know he's played played pretty great right now and we'll see what they do when they get home here um you know some big games and you know let's see the bruins are in tough too right absolutely and um i i talked about it in the interview and maybe I'll just get your take on this too, because I know when Sam Bennett was in Calgary, like I think he was like your favorite player on the Flames, if if I'm not uh, mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like like I said, and and Dregs talks about it really good, like, and listeners have already heard that that take from Dregs. But like, what's your take on Sam Bennett? I think he's a gamer, man, and and in, in every which way, like you know, how many times has he fought Darnell Nurse, and he hasn't even lost that fight. It's always been an even fighter. Maybe he's got the better of it. It's never really, uh, you know, and this, he can fight, he can hit, um, you know, he's, he's a playoff player through and through. It's, you know, my favorite Ontario hockey league team is the Kingston Frontenacs. Doug Gilmore had uh, his hands in that organization. Uh, Doug Gilmore's my favorite player. Sam Bennett wore 93 in Calgary. Um, you know, like in, and just tying to that is, you know, I think he's a, I think there's just something about him in the playoffs and that was a tough one to go, but I, I give Brad credit. That was tough for him to do that trade. But at that time, that was what was needed for Sam. He wasn't working. He wasn't working in Calgary. Yeah. And uh, maybe it would have worked if he had, you know, somewhat of a different coach or, or whatever, you know, maybe a, a different veteran around him, who knows, but he's been everything that the, the Panthers have wanted him to be since he's gone to that organization. And, you know, he, uh, he was an element in that, in that game too, that they didn't have a game one. That was a huge difference. And, uh, you know, if he could stay healthy, your, uh, your, your upset of the first round could come through here because you, uh, you picked it before the poxy was even dropped that, uh, you would have the, the Panthers winning in seven here. And, uh, you know, we'll see what the Bruins do with the answer back with. And if Bergeron plays and, and whatnot. This is uh, we kind of talked about all year. Some adversity that they're facing right now that they really haven't faced all year. 
And that is uh, in, right in front of them right now with, uh, you know, losing in the fashion that they did and, uh, you know, not having their captain too. Um, you know, he's a, and we know what he's been able to play through punctured lung and torn bicep before and all that. So obviously what he is uh, having right now is, uh, is substantial for him to not be in the lineup in the first two games. So we'll see if he plays game three, but the Panthers go home and, you know, drags touch on it too. I'm surprised that the Kraken have done this in a way, but uh, I've watched a lot of Kraken games and I did kind of expect a big push from this team. And, you know, everyone still wants to count you out. And at the end of the day, like we talk about in that locker room or this locker room or that lock, any of these locker rooms, there's some proud players in there, regardless of what the experts and the guys like us and all these other people want to say, count you out. You don't think the LA Kings are looking at that and being like, all right, so you guys are going to win the cup, eh? So we don't have a say in that, you know, same with right. you guys won the cup last year. You don't think that uh, we might have a say in that, you know, like, like and the Panthers too, yeah, yeah. the Boston so, Bruins. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, um, and Toronto too, didn't play a first game and everyone's like, okay, so we're done. We're out. Okay. Uh, you know, all of us are fans are counting us out. So we don't have a say, but it's a long series. It's like we say, it's, it's not a one and done. They're best of sevens for a reason and, and we'll see where things go. But um, yeah, and it, it does look like, uh, you know, the devils are in over their head. So that's one series that might just not be where, where the experience matters. You know, they have done a playoff run before against the lightning. They won one game, um, but maybe this is what that quarter of that organization needs is just another one. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fire Lindy and I wouldn't, make any rash decisions in New Jersey if they lose out in the first round, even if they get swept, that team is going to be a force to be reckoned with going forward here. Um, so, you know, you just got to get, yeah, the this is just the beginning for them. Yeah. You just got to get the experience. You got to get in, you got to get in like, and there's not a lot of, there is veterans there, but you know, there there's more younger youth than there is older veterans in that, that team. And it's weird saying, cause you got a guy like Palat, who's one of the most remarkable playoff players ever. And, I think Dougie, ha Dougie Hamilton's a great player too. And, you know, you got Severson and you got Smith on the back end and and whatnot, but maybe more up front, you need a little bit more veteran presence. And, uh, you know, so, you know, like sometimes you got to, as I, always these teams that have won, they've always said when the teams that have won, they've always said, we got to learn how to lose to learn how to win. And so... Um, right. And we'll see what happens there. And, um, but yeah, anything that stands out to you before we close out on that? And, yeah. Like just your, just your comment there, but like, you know, you got to learn how to lose to learn how to win. And like the person that comes to mind when I think of that is like Sidney Crosby when he lost in the, in the finals to Detroit. Yeah. And like, I, I remember like there was that commercial on, on, on TV with like, you just knew like he, he lost that series. He wasn't going to lose the next one. Yeah. Right. Next one. He, so, and he's on the next three that he's been in. Right. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We interrupt the two months podcast to bring you some breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again, revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new beard hedger pro kit from a fresh shave to a beard trim, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now, you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using code 2MUTS for 20% off and free shipping. Listen, I'm a real lazy guy. I hate shaving every day. Ask my wife. I leave thousands and thousands of little stubble in the sink. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard. Say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right, face grooming does not need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Plus it's waterproof, so you can please your wife and shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. 
The titanium-coated T-Blade is tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. This kit does not end there, though. They have created four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care. First, beard shampoo and conditioner, then beard oil, and finally, beard balm. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code 2MUTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code 2MUTS. Manscaped, beard hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. The Two Mutts Podcast is brought to you by Free Bars, and Free Bars are arguably the best tasting energy bar. You might have heard Free Bars on the podcast before, and maybe you've tried them at Edmonton's most popular farmers markets. Free Bars focus on three main things for their bars. One, Free Bars are free of priority allergens, including peanuts, nuts, dairy, eggs, gluten, and soy. Second, Free Bars taste great. I was talking to Luke, the man behind Free Bars, and the comments they get while sampling is always positive. Everyone loves how they taste. Three, they are full of healthy and whole ingredients, nothing artificial and no preservatives. Free Bars are made right here in Edmonton, and they are quickly popping up in stores around the city. Free Bars use a mixture of hemp hearts, honey, and gluten-free oats as their base. And then there are the three flavors— chocolate chip, mint chocolate chip, and the popular coconut. Free Bar's list of ingredients is short. Like in the coconut, there's just hemp hearts, honey, gluten-free oats, shredded coconut, and coconut oil. That's it. As school gets back into the swing of things and hockey season starts, parents and kids are bringing Free Bar's to the rink as a healthy, delicious snack. Want to try? Listeners of this podcast will get 20% off with the promo code 2MUTS. That's one word, 2MUTS, and the discount will be applied at checkout. Learn more about free bars by visiting us at Strathcona's Farmer's Market, Bountiful Farmer's Market, and St. Albert Farmer's Market, or online at freebars.ca. Want to pick it up at the store? Check out freebars.ca for a full list of our realtors. Don't forget the promo code two months, and have arguably the best-tasting energy bar today. That's Free Bars. Really, really quick, though, before we go, I was just going to ask you, Carolina, New York Islanders, who you got tonight? And I I got the Islanders a little going home. Um, Maybe losing Taravainen is a a big shock, but um, at some point here, Poli Arvey's got to get in and got to do something, too, for the Canes, and you know, um, the the opportunity is is right there for him if he gets back in. But um, you know, I, Sorokin hasn't played his best. Um, you know, Varlamov is pretty good in the playoffs too. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think the Islanders squeak this one out. But uh, I had them in seven, so I had the Islanders in seven here. So I'm not going to now after two games hold off on that i still think that they'll make this a series and maybe that's the turning point maybe that unfortunately that injury for the canes is the one injury that uh that may derail them but it, it's tough too man because i listened to that interview with uh, rod brendamore and and i want to go through a wall for that guy and i've said it on right. multiple times you know like i think there's so many great coaches in this league but i think rod brendamore is one one of the best if not the best um you know, for a lot of reasons, and it's hard to count him out. And I know there's pressure on him, as he said it in his interview with Elliot too. He's just like, I gotta, we gotta get over the hump, or I'm not back, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, so it's been tough, man. Missing, you know, 70 goals now, probably 90 goals with Teravina out. That's that's tough, and you can't replace it. <laughs> you there's no one out there you're gonna go and get. You know, so uh, yeah, you're not going to put Puliarvi in there, and he's gonna he's gonna make that up for you for yeah, sure. Yeah, you would want, and, it, and then it's not there right now for him. And I and I I think I hope we see Puliarvi back in the NHL next year because 
I do think this year was a wash. Um, you know, some good I, person. I, yeah, like it, everything you hear of him is is amazing. Um, you know, I know that the public, uh, you know, some of the media here in Edmonton said that he went through a a bad breakup. Man, like I mean, I went through a bad breakup like in the last eleven months here, and it, it it like I finally in the last three four weeks here have finally got out of that. It, I was in a deep deep and dark place for, for many years or many months here. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, regardless of whatever you do, it doesn't, if you're making $3 million a year or you're, you know, you make a hundred grand a year or 50 grand a year or whatever, and you go through something like that, it's tough. And, you know, like right. I, I know Jason Greger tweeted that out and, you know, that for, for him, that, that, that really put him in a tough spot. And, you know, so, uh, it wasn't really fair. But. No, no. So, um, but, if, um, yeah, and also the yeah. go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say too. The the Canes are also getting Frederick Anderson back tonight. Do you think he goes in, or do they stick with Ranta? I think they stick with Ranta. Um, you know, Anderson backed up the first game and then didn't back up the second game. But I still think I uh, they still think you run Ranta here, and and uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, you know we'll see see what happens there. But uh, you know he's done he's done pretty well for them so far, and um. You know, as much as I'd love to see Freddie get through here, but um, uh, you know, it, it's just uh, injuries and stuff for him have been a tough go. And in, in his yeah. best ability is availability, and at times he hasn't been available when they most needed. And you know, so they're going with Ranta. Um, so it's been a bit of a change up for that. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's tough to bet against the Canes too. But I do think somewhat the Islanders got to bounce back here and get something going. I, I agree. I think I think the Islanders get this is going to be their one win of the series is tonight. Uh, they're yeah. going to they're going to get some emotion, an emotional lift from their fans. Yeah, I think they're going to get they're going to do it tonight. Uh, Boston, Florida, who you got tonight? I got Florida in this one. So I did pick the Bruins to win the series, but uh, I and I do, but I do think um, you know Alex Lyon's done well. Um, we'll see if Bergeron plays, but I do. Yeah, I do got. Uh, I do get the, the 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 Panthers winning this one tonight. So they're not winning the series. I think this one tonight. I think the I think Boston bounces back and they oh, win tonight. Win tonight? Okay. Dallas, Minnesota. Who you got tonight? I got uh, I got uh, Dallas. I like Dallas's makeup here. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, they're gonna do it for Pel- uh, little Joe here. So I do think that I do think they pull this one out. Um, they the sticks were firing last game. So yeah. Yeah, I think Jake Ottinger shuts the door tonight and uh, Dallas wins. Yeah. Uh, what's Minnesota going to do in that? I think they'll just get, they're going to, I think they learned the lesson here and I think they're just going to ride with uh, Gustafson in case he falls off at some point, but he's been the better goaltender. I don't think they do. They go back to this back and forth. And in, in my opinion, I think they lot, they learned a, a very valuable lesson unless he's hurt and that's why they did it. Who knows? Um, you know, it was a longer game. And maybe tweak something, but uh, they have done this split down the stretch here in the last fourteen games. But I think here, in my opinion, I think you just got to ride the one goaltender. I, I think it's tough to go back and forth with different goaltenders in the playoffs. It's just really we haven't seen it. Jeff Merrick says until we see it and someone wins, then everyone will start doing it. But right now, it just really hasn't worked out. But your thoughts? Uh yeah, I, 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 I kind of agree with you. Yeah. Uh, especially like, you know, Mark Andre Fleury comes out in the media and basically said he, he was terrible. He sucked. Yes. Uh, you know, we had that same situation with, uh, I think, uh, Markstrom did it this year. Campbell did it this year. Yeah. It has and, and, and both times when those guys did it, they were in pretty low, low places in the season, right? So, yeah. Um, for, for Marc-Andre Fleury, like, you know, but then again, like you look at Marc-Andre Fleury, like, how do you bet against Marc-Andre Fleury? Like the guy took the Vegas Golden Knights to the Stanley Cup Cup finals. How many Stanley Cups did he win with, uh, Penguins Yep, with the Penguins too. And like what he did with the, with the, with the Penguins, like it's, uh, you know, he, he, he's just he's like a the, he's famer, a perfect right? backup at this yeah and he's like the perfect backup for a guy like Gustafson yeah in at this point in his career um you know how how could you like you're not gonna find much more experience from a goaltender in the in the playoffs besides maybe 
you know, you've you've got Quick backing up in um, Vegas right now too. So yeah. yeah, it's just you know, it's good to see these 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 older guys still uh, getting a crack. Yeah, but you know, you feel for for a guy like Mark Andre Fleury, you know, he can be better. So for but sure, I, I kind of agree with you. I think they go with Gustafson again, unless there's something there where he's he might be injured. But yeah, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury is a pretty good consolation in net for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, last but not least, we're heading to LA tonight for the Oilers and the Kings. What do you think is going to happen? It's another close one, another one goal game. Um, I do think the Oilers win this one, and I do think the Kings win game four, and it comes back to Edmonton 2 2. Um, I do think the Oilers squeak one out here and, uh, you know, at some point here, McDavid's got to get going. So get a couple goals. So that's kind of what I figure. Um, and then LA will kind of have a bounce back in game four. Your thoughts? I think, uh, I think the Kings win tonight. Okay. And um, I think it's going to be kind of similar to like what happened in Edmonton where they, they and, and I said it with like the Islanders, like, like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like that home ice and that like your fans in your first playoff game, like, and we 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 said it we said it before like just the experience the the experience on this uh king's team like yeah you know the droughties the cool guitars it's those i just feel like they're gonna have, have this team ready to go and, and like how can you how can you say a bad word about uh todd as well like he's he's gonna have this team ready to go i think at home tonight very well could. Um, they'll be fired up in uh, Crypto.com Arena. So uh, they'll crypto, be yeah. Crypto, yeah. I, I also agree. I think it's coming back to Edmonton tied 2-2, though. Yeah. So yeah. I think they'll split in LA. All right. Uh, so we'll be back uh, with another episode in a few days. Uh, pretty much it's uh, episode day off, episode day off for us. So we're uh, every second day, we're kind of doing one. So um We'll be back, uh, I guess that would be Saturday around there or so Sunday around that time for another episode to break Sunday. down. Uh, yeah, Sunday would be the uh, yeah, Sunday would be the next one, and uh, we'll break down uh, uh, this these nights and uh, and Saturday night, um, and then preview uh, the the night ahead on Sunday. So, uh, Phil. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for jumping in and uh, you know getting chirped by dregs again. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta pay your dues, man. Dregs, dregs don't hold back, man. So ruthless, uh, he's ruthless. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, bud. Um, yeah, well, uh, you know, everyone enjoy the day, uh, and uh, you know, uh, enjoy some hockey tonight. Uh, drive safe out there, and uh, you know, be well, be kind, and uh, we're thinking, uh, you know, thinking of uh, all these positive things that are happening right now in the hockey world. So, uh, keep it up, and uh, we'll chat very soon. <laughs>